0: S-E-O is A-E-O, welcome to the show, Barry Adams. Now, that'll be in my head for the rest of the day, thank you. Yeah, (laughs) that's the idea. It seems to be doing the rounds and people are saying they can't get out of their heads and they hate me for it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, the worst reasons to be hated, aren't they?
1: Fair enough, fair enough. You're being a a, a little bit of joy to the
0: world. Why not? Brilliant, yeah. And we're sitting outside an Irish pub in Amsterdam around Take It Offline. We had the event yesterday, it was brilliant. You were, you were... I really enjoyed it. You really
1: I really enjoyed it. It was really good fun. It's sort of fairly informal and, and lots of audience participation. And, you know, you get really interesting conversations going on then.
0: Yeah, I heard what you were just saying to Anton about um, the smaller ones are, are really nice because you actually get to talk to people yes, properly. Yes, exactly. And um, yesterday was really good, kind of friendly... Atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. There, awesome.
1: a lot of conferences, you have the separation between the speakers and and the attendees, and with these unconferences, you don't really have that. Everybody's in the same boat, and that's yeah, much more fun.
0: I, unconference. This is this is my first this afternoon. I'm an un- unconference virgin. Are
1: <laughs> well, you going to get your cherry pop today? <laughs> by, <then. laughs> cherry pop by Jerry. Oh dear. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. Right. Let's talk about something more serious. Google. Google shaped web. You you you're not a fan. I mean, yesterday you were saying you don't really like AMP.
1: No, no. I'm, I'm probably one of Amp's fiercest critics out there, to be entirely honest. And it is—it is, it is a, a, a small moment of pride for me that I'm ranked first for fuck Google Amp. Oh, right. Um, okay. uh, you sort of see what Google is trying to do with Amp, but it's—it's—it's it's, it's putting the, the the horse in front of the cart, if you ask me. Um, Amp, in my and opinion. I did ask you. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> I'll give you my answer then. <laughs> i think google is trying to reshape the web with amp rather yeah. than google adapting to the web it's it's google trying to make the web adapt to google um, yeah. and the way they're going at it with this, this amp standard is they're basically trying to make websites build their entire site in the in the amp framework um, rather than just build a separate second web with amp which is what a lot of publishers is doing right now And that's just too much development time and too much overheads and it's just not cost-effective.
0: Given how bad people are at writing HTML to any kind of standards, isn't AMP a good thing because it simplifies everything and it structures everything in a manner that we're kind of forced to follow because it's stricter or am I being naive?
1: It's stricter within Google's parameters. You're taking away a lot of the freedom of the web and I'm a firm believer in a free and open web. Yep. Where anybody can publish anything and, and do whatever they want with it. And it's up to search engines then who make their money off the web to make sense of that. Yeah. I don't think it's a search engine's job to make the web conform to a particular vision that they have, what the web should be like. It's not up to a profit-seeking company to determine the shape and direction of web technology. It's the web itself that should determine that. It's an open standard that that everybody can contribute to. And AMP is nominally open source but everybody who makes decisions about the actual amp standard is a google employee so it is an, a google project at heart and an attempt by google to make the web conform to what google thinks it should be but look then, like.
0: but then the web's developed for 20 years and it's been lots of people doing very disparate things and and, and it's all become a big mess and there isn't any standard or very little standardization um, it all works in browsers though doesn't it
1: you open a browser, you look at a website and it works. So there is a certain standard of technology yeah, that, that there that the browser, yes. So why should that change? Why, why did, can Google not just work within this, yes, admittedly slightly chaotic uh, uh, environment that is the web, but no, Google is trying to make the web look like Google. Yeah. And okay. like I said, it's not up to a profit-seeking company to
0: determine that. And then and then you move on to WordPress and Google stick at them hiring WordPress yeah. developers to push Tide. Um, PWAs, which is PWAMP, which is a great word when you say PWAMP. And and speed and analytics and search that. Are they they taking over WordPress
1: too? Exactly. I think we should be very worried about that when the most used CMS on the web is, is being influenced by such a powerful company like Google you know, where where does it end? I mean, in the end you'll end up with, like I said many times, a Google-shaped web rather than a worldwide web. It is not the Google-wide web, it is the worldwide web still. And we shouldn't have one company have so much influence over what the web is and isn't, and what's allowed on the web and what's not allowed. And then, it's not that, that it's, you know, Google is very good at not overly forcing it on the web, but they're manipulating people into adopting it. Because yeah, you can do it without uh, the standards and just do whatever you want. But if you do it our way, Google says you get your know, preferred visibility in search results, you get the AMP carousels, you get the little logo. Yeah. So it's a very subtle but sneaky way of manipulating yeah. people into building stuff the way Google wants it to be built. Well,
0: it's very carroty and not very sticky. Exactly, as it were. That doesn't make sense, does it? It's, no, no, it's a carrot, yeah, no. Not exactly. A stick.
1: It's it's. it's it's luring them with sugar, really, you know? But it's a very dangerous path to go down because we don't want one single company to have that much influence over the web because the next thing, you know, they're gonna do things that maybe aren't so good for the web but are good for Google's bottom line.
0: Like keeping people on the SERPs and nicking people's content. Yeah. Which is, which is kind of the big thing of the day because of the yes. European law thingy-me-bob. Yeah. And, and there again, I mean, they're playing, they're playing hardball and they're saying- we are playing know, very we're, hardball. We're, right. we're, we're doing what we want to do because we're boss, basically. Exactly.
1: The 800-pound gorilla Th- in the room. That must really annoy you. It does to a certain extent, but on the other hand, I also think that the legislation is a bit heavy-handed and it never had any chance of really uh, causing any, any dents in there. I do think Google needs to be regulated. They are way too powerful and are taking over way too many different verticals. They're not a search engine anymore by any structure of the imagination. They're an advertising company with such a dominant market share that they can do whatever the hell they want. Yep. And, and the moment you stop seeing them as an advertising company with a 90% dominance on the web, you, you change your perspective of what they do entirely. I mean, Google doesn't do this out of the kindness of their heart. They may have started out that way, and I genuinely believe that at the beginning, in the early yeah. days of Google, in the early 2000s, they, they genuinely felt they were trying to make the web a better place. And they were, at yeah. that time. But now it's all about the bottom line. They're they're a profit-seeking company, and everything that they do in the long run is about making them more money, not Um, about making the web a better place.
0: And and, I mean, the the, the European directive, I was talking to Andrea Volpini about it, who was saying, basically, if you're a European press, uh, thinking, and you're in Google News, you're opted in by default. And you have to then control it with structured data. How's that affecting you? Because, I mean, that's your big thing, isn't it, News?
1: Yeah, it is. It is. It hasn't had a big impact yet because it's not going to kick in until next year. But it's going to, you
0: know, it's kicking in France 23rd of October. I don't
1: have any French News clients, though. So I think I'm going to be (laughs) able to sit on the sidelines on that and watch that unfold a little bit until it it kicks off in March 2020, I think, for uh, other European websites. But it's basically opting into to showing snippets or opting out of showing
0: snippets. The well, UK won't be a European.
1: Uh, I am live in Northern Ireland. I have no idea how that's going to end up. Oh, so my God. Let's, yeah. let's not go down the political route here no, because no, no, sorry. you'll it, have it, me it, it's ranting curious, for the next two hours. a curious hours. question. I mean, you're
0: going to have to deal <laughs> with it anyway, because yes. um, you've got that thing there saying, OK, uh, we're not going to show, we're just going to show the link or maybe the title if you're lucky. Yeah. And if you structure structured data, you're explicitly telling them that they can use that content. And Andrea Volpina was saying, actually, it, it, it might be a good thing in the sense that we then get to control. I Would suppose
1: so. I mean, it's going to be an interesting one to watch and fold anyway. I think in the last few months, probably the last year, Google has paid a lot of attention to news and publishing in general. And you see that with the way some news publishers have been affected by the, their, their core algorithm updates. So massive changes, mainly downwards and recently a bit upwards as well, that have affected primarily publishers of different stripes. And Google News is a very hot area anyway, because that's the one where Google is in a lot of, legislative hot water in Spain and yeah. in France and in Germany. Um, and I think Google is trying things out to bo- both placate um, publishers to a bit so that they don't get angry at Google too much because publishers have power over politics by what they publish and Google yeah. is starting to become keenly aware of that. So they're trying to be a bit more political in dealing yeah. with these publishers so that they don't make too many enemies out of them. But at the same time, Google doesn't want to start paying publishers for, for, yeah, for sure they don't want to go content. down the road. No, it's exactly. Customer fortune. Exactly. So, and the, and the, the publishers, publishers have, have a bit got
0: of a that, that, that terrible debate about. Yeah. Do I hold my content back and therefore not get the traffic and therefore lose yeah. my income? I mean, I, I'm strangely divided on that because while I
1: don't, I'm not Google's biggest friend on that block. I don't think it's a problem Google has a responsibility to solve. It's mm. not Google's problem to solve the monetization of news. It's news publishers who need to solve that. I'm in fact more of a, a fan of a commons approach where. News, publishing, proper journalism is paid for from a common pool, maybe even taxation in a certain form oh, or an yeah. internet tax or whatever it is, because we do need journalism. It's a public good to yeah. have good value journalism. The risk is, of course, that because journalism in a lot of countries is divided along political lines and it can be very divisive, that, you know, who gets to decide where the money goes to and that sort of thing. But it's it's really not Google's problem to solve how newspapers make money.
0: No, but I mean it's a phenomenally big problem and I read The Guardian and I contribute to The Guardian. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm a The only a, thing uh, that I'm a about The Guardian is that I, I contribute every month. I'm logged in and they still show me ads and they still show me those messages asking me to contribute. You're going, I'm doing that. So, but, but, but they appear to have solved it or, have, or To a certain struggling? extent. I
1: think The Guardian is starting to become profitable now um, because you can't just rely purely on advertising income to, to pay for news. That uh, That's a, a sliding scale downwards, unfortunately. Um, so you have to build sort of a news brand where people are willing to sign up for it to a certain extent. And it doesn't have to be a paywall, although some paywalls can work. The Guardian, I think, has found the right model because they, they try to create, create sort of a sense of community about mm. the type of journalism that they're known for. And it works well with their particular target market. I'm yeah. not sure a tabloid is going to have the same success. I mean, The Sun had a paywall two years that was just not a success so they went off of it oh, and, okay. and now they're making money off advertising because they get much because more traffic
0: people won't pay for the latest gossip no you,
1: you can't if you have to pay for the sun you go to look at the daily express instead or the daily mail you know i mean it's because it's, it's the same it's a similar type of news <laughs> a similar type they know the target market they know their product really really well and it's a product that they sell in, in but form of I mean, the
0: guardians concentrate more on investigative journalism and yeah and saying, you know, where, where, and it wouldn't surprise
1: this. me if a website like the Independent is going to, to try something similar because they have a roughly similar target market as, as the Guardian has. Maybe, yeah. you know, the Independent is trying to be a bit more uh, accessible and, and less highbrow, but in the end, it's, it's a similar target market that they're going for.
0: Oh, okay. And I mean, the, the, those kind of newspapers, then, I mean, we're going to see how that's all going to unfold. Asking for an opinion, do you think they're going to? hide or show as it were I think most people most newspapers
1: will just um, show the snippets and you don't want to lose the traffic I mean social is still a big driver of traffic to most news websites but search accounts for 30 40% minimum mm. to most news websites and they don't really want to risk that in the UK In other countries they might have to have to make different decisions but in the UK I think all the publishers are gonna opt-in okay uh, and and you know unless they have real strong uh, alternative methods of getting
0: traffic to their website all right, um, another question then. Where, what, what, where's the next thing Google going to get you annoyed about? We, we've had PW. I wish I knew. <laughs> no, we've, we've had WordPress. We've had AMP. Obviously the news thing is kind of I don't kind of I don't go out to try and be annoyed by
1: Google. Oh, I right. mean you know, I, I, I had
0: this impression you got up in the morning, you think, right, what can I what yeah, can I get? how, annoyed how about can I be angry today? today? I don't <laughs> like
1: being angry to be entirely totally honest. I like I like being a happy Barry if I can, but I do get annoyed by a lot oh, of people. Can things I call you a happy
0: Barry from now
1: on? You can try. I'm not sure people will believe it. But no, I just, just you know, I don't think again, um
0: I mean the on serp stuff the, with all these rich elements yeah, coming. Yeah, it and, is do you annoying, but I see bad? what
1: Google is trying to achieve, and I see where people complain about it. You do feel like they're stealing their traffic. There, there was this sort of unwritten social contract that Google gets to scrape the web, and therefore, in return, send traffic to those websites. Now Google has decided that that contract never really existed, and like, now we're going to keep all the traffic. We're going to be an answer engine more than a search engine. Yep. Um, and oh, that ma- that makes perfect sense for Google because it keeps people using Google. It. Yep. it or at the same time undermines the web in a large extent in that it becomes less valuable for people to put content on the web if they're not going to give them any traffic back.
0: So and the, and con- the, the,
1: you do you can feel a sort of sense of betrayal there that Google made its its money off of these websites and now is turning their back on those yeah, same websites and thinking you know what I don't need you anymore.
0: Yeah, I mean, so what I'm what I hear, I mean, I hear Rand Fishkin talking about kind of does this social contract. I mean, don't want to insult anybody, but you kind of go and, there was a social contract and they're not respecting it now. I'm sulking. Um, yeah. And you kind of say, well, you're not going to change it. No, you sort of have to reinvent
1: do? yourself to a certain extent. But at the same time, where do you draw the line? There are still businesses out there who create valuable content and, and will keep creating valuable content as long as there's a business model in them. For yeah, all. and
0: that's it. And they'll stop. And if, they'll stop if, if, if they're not
1: making money off of that. I mean, look at, at uh, the recent kerfuffle with the, the lyrics website that caught Google scraping their lyrics without them giving permission for now,
0: it. Hang on, sorry. One thing, what strikes me about that is they're reproducing lyrics of... Other people's work, yeah. so there, that's the pot calling it, the kettle. Again,
1: back. that's what Google thinks, it's derivative, so we can do whatever the hell we want. But what I found interesting is that Google still scraped in despite the fact it never gave permission for it. Okay. So Google is, is walking a very dangerous tightrope there that if, if a website doesn't give them permission, Google shouldn't be bloody scraping
0: But them. But then I saw that uh, Google had not given Moz permission to scrape and Moz is still scraping. So, I mean, it, we, go. we've got all these pots and all these kettles and...
1: Yeah, fair, fair point, fair point. You know, it's it's all about guidelines in terms of conditions violations and whether or not they're enforceable in court or not.
0: Yeah, and a lot um, of people just aren't respecting it and yeah. Google are the first. But the information like.
1: it doesn't just pop into a vacuum. There's people who put effort into creating information yeah. and that effort needs to be rewarded in some way, shape or form. And at Google at the moment is slowly and steadily undermining that ecosystem. Yeah. I don't think Google mines in, in, to a certain extent because, again, it, it um, Narrows the scope of the web. If there were fewer websites for Google to call and index that make their life easier yeah. they'd still be the largest search engine on the web, so they don't really care But yeah. people who put a lot of effort into it, of course they care because their their livelihood at stake, you know, sure 100%. But Google doesn't feel like they owe them anything and I get that point of view, too I don't agree with it, but I get why Google thinks you know what? That's your problem. Not mine. Brilliant.
0: Google don't feel they owe anybody anything. No. Thank you very much Barry. SEO is AO. Thank you, Barry. Thank you, Jason.